I'm excited because she's anointed, appointed, and ready to serve the Most High God. Let's receive this preaching, teaching, prophetic woman of God. Come on, let's receive Reverend Sister Bunkley. Come on now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's just worship just for a minute. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today because you care for me. Come on, let's worship. In such a special way. Praise you, I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Come on, one more time, one more time. Mm. I love you. It's unto him. Yes. I love you, Lord, today because you care for me in such a special way. Mm. Yes, we praise you. I magnify your name. That's why my heart is that's why that's why my heart is that's why with praise amen amen so father we honor you tonight for your word because it is your word that keeps us. It is your word, Lord God, that causes us to live this life and live it more than enough. So I honor you tonight, God, for your word and, Father, what you want to deliver in this place. I take authority over every hindering spirit that would try to cause your word not to come forth and take root in the hearts of your people. And I give you glory and honor because it is you and you alone, Lord God, that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all which we could ask or think because it is your effectual power that worketh within us. So we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So tonight I want to open up with three foundational um, texts. And I'm going to start in Genesis 1, 1 through 5, and then verse 26 and A. Stephanie, can you give me my glasses? <laughs> and then we're going to go to Genesis 1, verse 26 A, and then Ephesians 1, 17. And that's going to be our foundational Amen. scriptures tonight. Amen? So, 
The word of God says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, divine presence, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness and called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. 26a, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Ephesians 1:17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. So tonight, where we're gonna pitch our tents is we're gonna talk about being a carrier of his glory. Being a carrier of his glory. So what is a carrier? A carrier is a container. It's a bearer. It's a messenger. A carrier transmits something. It's also an agent for telecommunication, the transmission of information as words, sounds, or images, usually over a great distance. But not only do we want to look at us being a carrier, but we also want to look at the fact that we have been made in the image of God. So when you look at an image, it is the, it is the reproduction of the form of a person or thing. It's a tangible, visible representation. It's a reflection. Now, we need to note that God spoke against idol worship because he already had an image of himself. This is the second commandment. And Jesus says in John 14 and 9, he who has seen me has seen the Father. But we need to understand tonight what it means when God says glory. Glory has different meanings. It can mean honor. It can mean wealth. It can mean abundance. It can mean splendor. It can mean brightness. It can mean treasure. But it is, it is the quintessence of God's character. It is the revealed or manifested presence of God. In Exodus 33 and 18, 19, it says, and he said, Moses said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But the Hebrew word is kavod, and it means heavy with everything good. It is taken from this reference of somebody having an armor and using it in battle. The glory of God carries an, an idea of weight, an outward manifestation of an inward reality. Heavy with everything good, goodness to its widest extent. We don't have words. When we think about the glory of God and how heavy it is, we don't have words because the goodness goes to the widest extent and there is no words for the glory of God. So as I shape the concept of being a carrier of his glory, I want you to think about two underlying questions. First, whose image do you bear? 
Whose image do you bear? And how much weight can you carry? As we begin, as we begin to shape this whole concept of being a carrier of his glory, I want us to look at Genesis and how Father created, okay? I want us to look at his work as we begin to think about this whole concept of what it means to be a carrier of his glory, the father of glory. So when we look at Genesis 1, I want to focus on verse 2b, which says, darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now let me confess tonight, as a child, I was afraid of the dark. I don't know about any of you, but I was the kid that was afraid of the dark. And once my mother turned out the lights and it really got dark outside, I was that kid that would cry. And I didn't want my mother to hear me because she had already told me that I didn't need to be afraid of the dark. But I was one of those children. I was afraid of the dark. And so when we look at darkness, we tend to, and we most of the time, relate darkness to sin, and it is anti-God. But Proverbs 2 and 13 says, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. The Bible also lets us know that there is no darkness in God, but I'm going to challenge you, yet he created the darkness, and yet he rules over the darkness. Psalm 139 and 12 says darkness and light are both alike to him. Dark situations cannot prevent us from experiencing the divine presence of the Father. His presence penetrates even the darkest of places and makes it radiate as if it is the brightest of light. You see, we see darkness like this. Okay. Okay. We see it. We see it like this. Can somebody hold it while I'm demonstrating? Thank you. And God sees darkness like this. We see darkness like this. But Father of Glory sees darkness like this. To him, it is transparent. We can't see beyond what we see. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. We, we can't see beyond what we can see, but Father sees it like this. So may I suggest that the Father of glory may veil himself in darkness to give us revelation regarding being called and chosen as a carrier of his glory. That he wants us to have understanding and when, and when we can't see, when we don't know what's going to happen, when we have dark situations in our lives, we cannot get to the place where we can step into what Father has called us to because we're stuck in the place that we deem to be dark. We're stuck in the place where we say, I can't see that thing. We're stuck in the fact that we got a bad report. We're stuck in the fact that we don't have any money. 
And yet Father says, the darkness and the light are alike to me. And I rule over the darkness. So darkness has come to give us revelation tonight. Because if truth be told, darkness precedes the light. If truth be told, when we look at Genesis, the darkness comes before the glory. The, the darkness is manifested before the actual manifestation of the presence of God coming on the scene. And I know, I know that, that, that that's, that's difficult to understand how darkness oftentimes precedes the glory. It precedes the light. It precedes the miracle. It um, precedes being. It precedes becoming. It precedes the breaking of a new day. It precedes the manifestation of what you've been praying about. Because you can't see it. It is veiled. Proverbs 25 and 2 says, it is the glory of God to conceal, to conceal a thing, but this glory is basically the, the king's is able to search out a matter based on their glory. So it says that God conceals, he hides things from us. He hides secrets from us. And he does it so that we would want to discover what he is doing. You know, when you, ha when you have light upon light, it's not as effective as if when you walk into a room and the room is dark and you might light a candle or you might turn on the flashlight because then the light begins to overtake the darkness and so oftentimes it's much easier for us to basically do this light to light thing i only want to minister to the people that go to church with me I only want to deal with the body of Christ. And yet, and yet, Father is saying to us, listen, I need you in those dark places. I need you in the places that are uncomfortable. I need you in those places that you don't want to go to. I need you in those places because in those places, I'm going to show up. And I'm going to be seen in those places. But those places are scary. Because what happens is that you're, you're reminded that you have to deal with some stuff that you don't want to deal with. And it's so much easier. It's so much easier to always, always, always be in situations that are beautiful and wonderful and make you feel good. Don't challenge you. And yet Father is saying, the, the darkness precedes the glory. And I have concealed some things because if I showed it to you, you would be lazy. You would say, oh, I don't have to do anything. Oh Lord, I don't have to dig a little more. I can just stay here on the surface. And Father says, well, I'm going to hide that thing for, from you because I want you to go after that thing. I want you to pursue it. I want you to get it, and I want you to go after it. So he doesn't make it easy. He hides it. So let me say something to you. 
in your place and time of darkness, you are being primed to be a carrier of his glory. It's the fact that you're dealing with some stuff. It's the fact that you can't see. It's the fact that you don't know the next step. It's the fact that you're saying, Father, I feel like I am backed up against the wall and I don't know where I'm going to turn. And because of that, you are primed to be a carrier of his glory. At that, at that point, not when it looks all good, you know, and not when things are working out. It's not when you get to the place where you can tell the testimony and talk about the Z instead of basically the C, D, E, and F. It's at, it's at that place where you say, I can't make it anymore. It's at that place when the doctor gives you a bad report. It's at that place that you're now a prime. He is priming you to be a carrier of his glory when you can't see anything. There's no manifestation. Nothing at all, God. I can't see it. I'm not hearing it. They're telling me it's not going to work. It's going to fail. He says at that place, at that place, you're being primed to be a carrier of his glory. And we need to stop telling each other that life is always going to be pretty. We need to tell each other that when life isn't pretty, that's when God's going to show up. And he's going to show himself mighty. So you are a candidate to be a carrier of his glory. So why? Why? I want you to now think of darkness in just a different way. Remember, there is no darkness in him, okay? He created, okay, darkness and light, but there's no darkness in him, and yet I want, I just want you, because I'm taking you somewhere, I want you to look at darkness as being potential, the possibility of becoming. That when you are barren, when you can't produce, <laughs> when things are at the place where it feels like it is just desolate, there's nothing. At that place, God begins to deal with the fact that in his mind, you were always a reality. <laughs> In his mind, whatever you have been praying for has already been done. You just can't see it. So you have the invisible God who's able to bring that which is invisible to the visible. Potential. The possibility of becoming the promises of God that's hung up. <laughs> but they're ready to be released. The untapped places on the inside that the Father of glory is developing and he's cultivating, the uncharted waters. Potential. You've ever seen someone and they don't look like they have anything going on? <laughs> <laughs> 
always be mindful of who you're sitting next to. Always be mindful of the people that come into your presence. Because sometimes people don't look the way that we want them to look. And they don't act the way that we want them to act. And because they don't look the way that we want them to look and they don't act the way that we want them to act, we dismiss them. But you might be entertaining the angels. And even more so, you might be entertaining somebody that is about to go somewhere and really blow up, but because you couldn't see the potential in them. You threw them to the side. Because they didn't have the education that you have. Because they didn't have the money that you have. We throw people aside because we can't see potential. Every once in a while I go to Panera Bread and there's this young man and he's behind the counter and he's serving, you know, he's doing his thing and every time I see this, this young boy I'm like, I'm like, mm, there's something with him. Now, he's behind that counter, and he's fixing the sandwiches, and he's doing the soup thing. And so one day I looked at him, and I said, what's your name? And he said, Malachi. I said, mm, okay. I said, I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, Malachi. I said, there is so much on the inside of you. I said, and you can't see it now. I said, but I see what God is doing. I said, and he's gonna raise you up to, to do some mighty things. And he, you know, like he looked at me like, oh, oh my God, like you, you really see that in me? But remember, I'm behind the counter at Panera Bread. You may start one place, ha <laughs> ha. You may start in places that you don't deem to be anything. And yet God has already begun to cultivate and develop that thing that it might be manifested. Stop thinking that we always have to see the finished product. Process is wonderful. We always want to get to the end results, but process? When God is doing something in you and through you and you're going through these things and you're walking through these things and sometimes you don't want to get up because you're tired and it doesn't make sense, that is your process to get you to the place where you need to go. But if you try to skip process, you're not going to gain the insight. You're not going to get revelation. You're not going to get wisdom because you're going to get to the end and you're not going to have any understanding about what God was doing in the middle and what he was doing in the beginning. Stop trying to rush it. Sometimes we rush things. So there's a, a transition. There's a shift that comes in Genesis 1. And in order for the visible, the glory of God, the manifested presence of God to, to now shift the atmosphere and to shift you from one place to the other place, 
there has to be some evidence of life. So here we see that the Spirit of God comes on the scene, the Ruach of God, the, the, the breath of God, the indweller comes on the scene. He's present to shift the atmosphere and to shift the entire, your entire being. But how he does it is that he, he hovers. He hovers. He's likened to when an eagle or a hen stirs up her nest and the eagle will flutter or shakes over her young. And when you see that, you see outstretched wings from the eagle that slightly tremors. And the motion is very careful, and it's focused to stir the air and keep the temperature just right for life to be exhibited. The Father of glory protects his investment. Who is his investment? You are, and I am. <laughs> he protects his investment. He paid his life for you and for me. And he wants to make sure that his investment remains valuable. He wants to make sure that his investment, that nothing happens to his investment. So what he does is he comes and he, he just comes over you. He gives you shelter. He gives you the covering that you need because now remember, you've been introduced to darkness. And even though darkness might want to teach you something, we understand that we don't need to remain in darkness. So, so the Spirit of God has to come on the scene and shift and say, wait a minute, you can't see light? Now that I've come, I've shifted it to let you know that there is evidence of life. Because I'm here now, because I have intervened on your behalf. The very thing that you thought was dead, <laughs> because I've come on the scene, there is evidence of life. It can't happen until the Holy Ghost comes. It can't happen until the Holy Ghost partners with you. It can't happen without him. And so why do we think that we can basically come out of something without the Holy Ghost? Building a fortress. <laughs> he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty that I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. The Holy Ghost comes. And when he comes, what happens is that he begins to stir and he begins to shake. And so, so, so just for a moment, just for a moment, I want you to say these words. Father, stir me. Shake me from a place of feeling lifeless. Tired, empty, lethargic, and replace it with vigor, joy, peace, and hope.
Just let that sit. Just for a minute. Just let that sit. Uh, so, so now we have shifted, okay? We're, we're not in the same place. We're, we're now moving. We're moving. And so now we're moving from potential to being. It's no longer potential. It's the manifestation. It's reality. It's not just what's on the inside of you, but now it's being seen. It's now on display. And Father speaks himself into the visible, and this is what he says. Let there be light. I am that I am, the self-existent one. Let there be light. Let there be light. Potential. Can't see it. Don't know what it's about. And now I'm a reality. Let it be. <laughs> he could have said light, but he said, let there be. Let there be. Be means to exist. It's the nature or essence of a person. But, but let's, let's, let's sort of look at this thing about being. You know, there's times that we don't want to be bothered. And we say, I just want to be. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want you to tell me anything about your problems. Because I'm tired. I got my own stuff. I just want to be. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with that because in those times you need to get refocused and you need to recharge and, and, and you need to get back into a place where you can now get up and begin to move again. You need to regroup. So, so there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a danger in staying in a place of, I just want to be. Because any time that you... Just say, I just want to be. What you do is that you open yourself up to now be something maybe that you shouldn't be. That be now stands alone by itself. It's, it's, not, it's not attached to anything else except that I just want to be. And if you're a person that doesn't know how to be and then get back up and get moving, you will find yourself agreeing with, I just want to be depressed. I just want to be oppressed. I just want to hurt somebody today. Oh God, I can't take it. And so then you become B in that way, and it's dangerous. You notice that that Father spoke and he said, let there be light, B, be light. That B was attached to something positive. <laughs> It was, it was attached to, to something positive. And you know, it's, it's really, really important that we make declarations, but the right declarations. Because we can speak some things. And they're not the declaration that the Father wants us to speak. So it's not just about making a declaration, it's about making the right declaration. Father, what do you say about this situation? Yes. And even though I can't see it, what are you saying about it? Because I'm going to declare 
atmosphere. And whether or not I see it, that doesn't matter. I'm still going to declare what you have said because, because your word is true. So what does it mean to be a carrier of his glory? We are getting down to it. Thank you, Jesus. There are three manifestations of the Father of glory that is essential for us in being a carrier of his glory. And now, now I'm, I'm going to flow in Bishop's anointing. You'll understand when, when I start giving these things. The first thing is we need to be light. <laughs> light is a reflection of the character and nature of God. First John 1 and 5 says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. St. John's 12 and 36 says while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Mark 5, 14, I'm sorry, Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but a lamp stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. St. John's um, 1, 4, and 5 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, before I get to the next one, let me say, that it says darkness cannot comprehend the light. That's, that's powerful. Because you're a light bearer, darkness can't comprehend you. You confuse darkness. Anytime that darkness shows up and wants to overtake you, because you are the light, <laughs> you confuse darkness. It mean, when it says darkness cannot comprehend the light or the glory, it cannot seize it with hostile intent. It can't make it its own. It cannot overtake it. So why would you allow? Let's see life for one minute. Why would you allow darkness to overtake you. It doesn't mean that when darkness comes that you may not be a little fearful, because you're like, well, I don't know what's, what's gonna happen. But when we allow something to overtake us, we allow that thing to have control over us, and guess what? We now become helpless. And we are now, we are now hostage to that very thing. And the Bible says that darkness cannot comprehend the light. It cannot seize it. It cannot take it with any hostile intent. It can't make it its own. No, I'm not for sale. And no, you can't come into my house and think that you're, you're going to now take control. And not just your house in terms of, I'm talking about this house. Ha, harabande. This house. You can't take control because you don't understand me. That's how God made it to be. So when you show up, you become confused, not me. 
be, be light. But the second thing is to be life. See, see the L's, you see it, Pastor? Be, be life. In order to be life givers, and this really bothered me, we have to continuously die to our own will. <laughs> that we think it's about when we're a life giver that we don't have to sacrifice anything. But the Bible says that we need to lose our life in order to really gain it. And so, when you're a carrier of his glory, there's some things that you have to die to. There's some things that you might want to do that Father says, no, you can't do that. In order for you to really be a life giver, there's some things that I need you to put aside. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 1 and 4, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you die, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Philippians 3 and 10, that I might know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. Proverbs 27 and 19, as waters reflect the face, so one's life reflects the heart. John 7 and 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living waters will flow from within them. So we have be light and be life. Now, Father has chosen us to be a carrier of his glory and we are imperfect that he lives on the inside, that, that, that we house the Father in these earthen vessels, these vessels that are imperfect, these vessels that have issues. That is, to me, the goodness of God. <laughs> that, that God loved us so much that he said, I'm going to take this, this, this thing of clay <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to put put myself. I'm going to dwell on the inside of them. We said in the beginning that the Hebrew definition from glory for glory was heavy with everything good. In, Gen in Genesis 1 and 31, it says when God finished creating, he said, then God saw ev everything that he made and indeed it was very good. It was very good. And so as we come to an end, as we conclude tonight, what is the best way to display the goodness of God as carriers of his glory? We need to be light, we need to be light, but we need to be love. Romans 5 and 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love is long-suffering, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not void itself, it does not, it does not flaunt, it does, does not promote its own agenda, it does not show off its flesh, it does not seek its own, and it does not behave itself unseemly. Love. While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. God knew that when he created us, that we were going to turn our backs on him. And yet, he still died for us. He still shed his blood 
for us. So as we, so, so as we end tonight, I want you to think about this. Being the light, being life, and being love is a true test of whose image we bear and how much weight you can carry. <laughs>